0: Here's Lemieux, the center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux, oh my goodness, what a goal, what a move, Lemieux, oh
1: baby. There's a mistake and a throw, a puck by Bridget, it
2: oh! A taser
3: from Jonathan Tames, his first
0: Oh, and hello hockey fans. It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Welcome back for another episode. This is an episode we're calling Season 4, Episode 5, aka The Langway. That's right. The Secretary of Defense, Rod Langway. He's our uh, he's our guy today that we're going to sort of talk a little bit about and name the episode after. It's me, your uh, co-host of Talking Hockey, Tom, and I am with as always, my co-host of Talking Hockey, Randy. This time, Randy uh, calling in from the West Coast. Uh, the West Coast Express is that is that Pavel Bure that you're hanging with there, or uh, Sadie Brothers, or what's going on there? Uh,
1: Marcus Naslund, uh, Gino <laughs> Ojic, Trevor Linden. Uh, they all just we got the whole crew. In hotel room. That's crazy, though. Uh, <laughs> got a room, and here they are. So. Just, uh, boys, keep
0: it down back there. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. We got the whole Canucks alumni, uh, trying to just keep it to a minimum there. Uh, Good to see you there, buddy. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, season four, episode five, um, feeling alive. We're doing it. It's uh Monday 5. PM on UM UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. And as soon as this is done airing. It'll be live to podcast uh, anywhere in the world that you have the internet and you download that to your phone. So if you haven't yet go to your podcast provider, Apple, Spotify, you know, whatever, and click subscribe on our show so that you never miss an episode. It comes right to your, I was going to say your inbox, but that's not how podcasts work. So just make sure you hit subscribe. And if you're feeling, uh, Uh, nice and uh, you like the show give it a little star rating write a review I'm pretty sure that helps in the old metrics as far as getting the show out there but uh, we thank you for tuning in for sure and we've had some great feedback over the last couple episodes but uh, I think that we want to talk a little bit of Rod Langway right now Um, he's a guy Randy you didn't even realize he started his career with the Montreal Canadiens you know and
1: I have no idea. Yeah, that that I you know they say you learn something every day, and that's the thing I learned today.
0: <laughs> there you go. Beautiful. Yeah, you Langway, of course, we think of as a Washington Capitol, like you think Washington Capitals in the in the 80s, you think Rod Langway, like he spent the the decade more or less there as the captain, um, and as his nickname suggests, the secretary of defense, as like the the leader on defense, he was, I mean, he was a two-time Norris trophy winner, um, three-time All-Star. He won a Stanley Cup. Now, there's something I learned. I didn't know that. But, yeah, he, his rookie year with Montreal won a Stanley Cup. Does it count as his rookie year? Because he played a season in the WHA before that, before he joined uh, Montreal in the… Yeah,
1: I think the rules between the WHA and the NHL – were just kind of, like, throwing a dart at the wall and then being like, yep, that's the rule for this. <laughs> <laughs> that's what going today. So maybe someone else was in the same position and they weren't a rookie or something, you know? Right. Like, uh, you know, if you think to how the Jets were completely ripped apart for, right. for losing all their best players for coming into the NHL and then blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I think,
0: I think the rules were pretty loose. Uh, well, because – Gretzky, same thing, was WHA, came to the NHL, right? Correct. He did the, the one trophy that he never won, like he won every trophy, he never won the Rookie of the Year trophy because he wasn't eligible. So I I guess maybe then if he played a year or more in the WHA before NHL, you were not eligible for Rookie of the Year. I don't know. But yeah. So,
1: I, bet, I bet you that bugs him.
0: Yeah. He, he's like, he's the, trying to figure out a way to go back bucket. and win the rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: you know what? Uh, the one thing that I remember about Rod Langway, well, two things. Yeah. Never wearing a bucket. Yeah, no, let it flow. Like, like yeah. he a play, he just let it flow. Yeah. Uh, and number two, for being a hockey card nerd, I always remember looking at the back of his card and seeing that he was born in Taiwan. Which right. Know, like, is, is wild because back then everyone was Canada and then you've yeah. got the USA and the odd Russia or something else. But yeah, Taiwan, I'm like, what the heck is going on here?
0: Uh, yeah, Taipei, Taiwan. So I think it's probably safe to assume his dad or his mother, but likely his father was in the Air Force or the Navy or the military of some sort, right? With the Americans, because I think they had some sort of major base over there in, in Taiwan. So pretty cool though. And then, yeah, like he, he would have, uh, I guess moved back to um, Massachusetts, you know, at a young age. Um, but you know, according to Wikipedia, he didn't start playing hockey until he was 13. You know, he played street hockey and whatever with the, with the boys, but, uh, didn't actually sort of get into an organized league or whatever until he was 13 years old. And then uh, you know he turned pro and he was 18, so he's been playing five hockey for five years before he goes pro, basically. So that's well, pretty if good. They, uh, if there is a know.
1: military connection, then that just completely makes his nickname like, yeah, you know, to a T. So let's
0: yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, and also the fact that you know he played in D.C., like Washington D.C., right, and. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who the president in the 80s was, probably Reagan, Bush, one of yeah. these guys who his actual Secretary of Defense is, don't even ask me that, but uh, so whoever, yeah, I don't know.
1: Whoever came up with that nickname is by far the most clever person.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, mean, as as I like it. Uh, we should find out who coined that, but, you know, so he, he came after the era of Bobby Orr, Larry Robinson, Dennis Pavin, or kind of like Overlapped with some of those guys, you know, and he won his back to back. He won his Norris's Norris trophies back to back, which is pretty cool. Uh, eighty three and eighty four, he won those. So pretty early in his career, because he played, he played a good number of years. Retired in ninety three at the age of thirty five. You know, said, "Hey boys, I'm ready to hang it up." You know, I, that's after like close to a thousand games. Uh, in the NHL, 994 regular season games, and then uh, tacked on another 78, uh, no, uh, more like 104 postseason games, sorry. Um, But uh, he, so here's a fun fact, when he went to Washington, they had not made the playoffs for like eight years since they got incepted or whatever you call it, and um then they may langway comes along they make the playoffs 11 years in a row so there you go build from the back out future gms that's the trick so
1: here's a question are are we done with langway
0: sure i mean you got anything else on
1: just one last thing and this is kind of a general just a general comment but so how many he played over a thousand games
0: well Regular season, just shy of,
1: just shy of a thousand, still. So he played a lot of games. I wonder what's worse. Well, I guess it'd be very varying levels. But he won the cup his first season, yeah. And then he went a whole bunch of more seasons without winning the cup ever again. Like I wonder when you win the cup in your first season, right. you're like oh yeah, like I'm gonna win it a bunch more times, and then you never do. He goes on for what like. Fourteen or fifteen more seasons or something like that. Like
0: always chasing, but never getting I there. Yeah, just
1: get the taste at the beginning, and it's like, like I wonder how, like obviously winning my, is good, but like it, winning it once and then like playing yeah. that many more seasons again and then not getting the chance again, I'm, that's got to be rough.
0: Yeah, like would you rather be a Langway or a Ray Bork? You know, there's the two, the yeah. two opposites essentially.
1: Yeah, I think I um, work.
0: Yeah. Go out on top.
1: Well, yeah, and, like, you know, like, you think of all the other achievements that Ray Bork had, like, obviously, he had such a storied career, and then you cap it off with a Stanley Cup, whereas, like, I don't know, I don't want to put it this way, but I will, like, you kind of go down. Like, if you're kind of going down when you don't win it at the end, and then Ray Bork, you know, obviously – He got a little freebie winning it with Colorado. He never did get it with Boston, but I don't know, just a a general thought that it's like, I wonder if you win it early and then you never win it again, that's got to hurt.
0: It probably does hurt quite a bit because you felt the feeling of winning like that. And then you just, you know, it's like Marie Auger in a way. He did that too. He won the back-to-back cups in Pittsburgh. And then he played for like 20 something more years and never got back there. So it just goes to show, hardest uh, trophy to win in pro sports, I guess. Yeah. Um, I will mention one more Rod Langway thing, and that is that he had a fantastic mustache. And, uh, you know, I don't think it uh, gets the appreciation <laughs> it sh- it should, because that was a solid, solid stash that he had. Um, almost- whether or not he's still still rocking it, I don't know.
1: It was almost like he was a closing pitcher pitcher in baseball. (laughs) Those guys always had the best mustaches.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Rod Langway's mustache.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that guy who played for Oakland, Dennis? Dennis Eckerson. Yeah, he had a great
1: mustache. (laughs) I don't know. Me and my buddies, you know, my friends from Stonewall and stuff, we would always call that the closer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great name for a, for a nice little mustache like that i like
1: closer, it yeah.
0: closer
1: if you're a closing <laughs> fish, you closing rock that mustache <laughs>
0: that's beautiful well let's move on from talking Langway to talking jets because uh just a, a bit of a preface here then so we're recording this we're This airs Monday. You can listen to it anytime you want once it comes out. But we're recording this Saturday. And the Jets played a a matinee game yesterday against the uh, Minnesota Wild. Got blown out. 7-1 to loss. Their fifth loss in a row. They've scored a total of five goals over those five games. They do play the Calgary Flames tonight. That game has not yet started. We kind of will just assume... Well, we won't assume anything, but we'll just kind of like leave it, you know. We'll park it, Um, but we're gonna do a little bit of a dissection on the on the Calgary or on the uh, Winnipeg Jets here, and just you know maybe just an airing of the grievances, Uh, like what is happening with the Winnipeg Jets? Why have they only scored five goals in the last five games, all losses? Connor Hellebuck played on real for four of those games, you know, he let in two or less or whatever it was. Um, but he's getting no run support to use another baseball term there. Um, yeah. What the heck is going on?
1: So I, I want to put it out to you this way, but roughly, I don't know what, a week and a half ago, you and I met at Leopold's for, for a pint. Right. right? And we were watching the Oilers game, the second Oilers game of the home and home that the Jets right
0: the Jets Oilers Jets-Oilers that they yeah. lost in a shootout.
1: Yeah, and so then the game before that, though, the Jets took care of the Oilers quite easily. I remember that game quite handily.
0: Like yeah, the, the,
1: the Jets were looking good. You know, five they looked, two. They yeah they looked to get against the Oilers the second game. You know, you know, but if I rewind back to that period of time, they still got a point. It sucked. They lost. But to me, it's like, wow, this Jets team is amazing. Like, this is a good team. You know, I was like, mm. I was feeling really good.
0: Yeah, you look, yeah. yeah. Now, Our spirits were feeling a lot yeah. different. Yeah.
1: But now, now I'm like, how did this happen? How did we get you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, and it's like, you, you, it's everywhere. Like, you go on Reddit, or you go on Twitter, you just talking to your friends, you, you know, any yeah. Jets fans. It's bad and how did it get this way like it just it just happened so quickly
0: like yeah
1: how did how does that happen and like you 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 know connor hellweck was playing good and it's like almost like during that pittsburgh game like they played so well in that pittsburgh game and then all of a sudden there was just something that happened that flipped and then they just could not finish that game and it's like the jets have left the building ever since that mm-hmm. moment
0: mhm yeah, it's it's like uh, brick from Anchorman, or uh, no, he didn't say it, but he after he threw his Poseidon spear into the guy or whatever, and, and yeah. Anchorman goes, "Wow, that escalated quickly." Yeah. It's basically that, like things have escalated pretty quickly with the Jets here, because you're right. You go back a week or two ago, here we're feeling pretty good about this team. We're thinking now, here's a team that seems to to know what they're doing. They look all right. Um, you know, they, they can't, uh, the, the goal scoring drought. I'm just trying to think like, yeah, they popped five against the Oilers yeah. in the, in the first game of that back to back. And then they, uh, um, they just, they haven't been able to find the back of the net and it's like, yeah, it's like, why, I guess, really? Um, droughts will happen in a season, but like to, for them to happen like this, I do find it bizarre. Um, you know, and you're right, the mood around town is like everywhere. <laughs> like last night, I went to, to hockey and uh, in the dressing room, the a couple of jokes were made, you know, about the Jets' uh, big loss and, and like what, what is, what is wrong with them? And I probably at least two or three guys said like, you know, how many more losses does it take till Maurice is fired? Like I think that's the general, the general mood or the the general like uh, prevailing thought amongst Jets fans is like, okay, Maurice has to be fired. Like it has to happen, and there was an interesting tweet or something from Mike McIntyre of the free press. free press. And he tweeted something about how, I don't know. I didn't hear the post game interviews or whatever, but somebody must've asked him about his contract status. And apparently he doesn't have a contract past this season. And which I thought he did. I thought he was extended or something, but that must've been, been a previous season he got extended to but i guess his contract does not go past this season oh. which is interesting so somebody asked him you know oh do you have one foot out the door or whatever something like that
1: Remember those, paraphrasing remember those rumors last year about him maybe going to seattle do you remember hearing right
0: stuff? there was a couple rumors yeah. i do re- recall hearing that um and, and i mean paul Maurice said last night you know yeah that you'll have to Drag me out of here, kicking and screaming, kind of thing. Like he's like, I haven't given up on this team or whatever. But there was a lot of talk about on social media, and you know what social media is like. And but like uh, uh, Nathan Beaulieu uh, playing forward last night, you know, and he's got Nash and line and scratched. He went eleven forwards, seven D kind of thing. It's there's been some questionable lineup. Uh, decisions and line combinations and whether or not any of that has to do with why they can't score goals but I mean Blake Wheeler let's not like uh, you know dance around the subject too much but Blake Wheeler's been terrible like you know I recognize all the good he's done for the Jets and he's been a sweet captain and you know, all this stuff, but like uh, the NHL is uh, what have you done for me lately, League? And Blake Wheeler has done nothing for you lately. Yeah. So and, and yeah, yet yeah, Maurice throws them out over the boards for 20 minutes a night. Yeah. So In hindsight I wonder,
1: <laughs> I wonder if that move putting putting Wheeler on Dubois and Connors line to try and get Wheeler going. I wonder if that's gonna be like uh, something that we're talking about like a couple months from now still like right it, it was and it's like you know that what is that movie from, or that quote it's like was it worth it <laughs> was it worth it man like
0: you, is that it, it wayne's world maybe
1: yeah it's like do, do you like why why mess with a good thing like i don't know just it seemed it seemed wrong i, I guess i could understand the motivation but man those guys were firing and like how good were PLD and Connor looking, and it's it's almost like the passing of the torch to to the new guys, and instead it's like instead of passing the torch to the new guys, it's like they took the torch to the new guy's pants and fuck like burn them off or whatever.
0: <laughs> burn his <laughs> pants <them> off. <laughs> or they're like handing they hand them the torch, and then they're like, oh, just kidding, and then they like give them a little twig with a yeah. little burning flame on top and take the torch back. Yeah, it's 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 been frustrating I think for fans to watch myself included to to sort of see that and and it's like if we can all see it like why is Wheeler who is it's like he's handling a live grenade when he's when he's handling the puck, you know? Um, he just like he, he he's over the past several seasons, he's got some uh, the most not, not the most assists in the league, but you know he's he's in that top five of of um, you know uh, dishers. He's he's been notorious for for getting assists, and you think, well, you know, like yeah, as you get older, because he's thirty five now, uh, or some, something something. Like, yeah, no, he's thirty five, and you think, okay, well the legs start to go, maybe you lose a step, whatever, but you should still have the hands, right? The vision shouldn't be gone. You should, be, you know, still make some plays, but it just hasn't been there for him this year. And and part of, here, part of me thinks, like, it's 20 minutes a night. He's just not being used properly for what he is now. Maurice is throwing him out over the boards like he's the Blake Wheeler of four years ago or something, you know? But he's not. And Maurice needs to accept that and adapt to that and play him further down the lineup, be that third or fourth line, max him out at 15 minutes a night kind of thing. And then he could probably be effective. And if he's not on a first line expected to produce every game, then, you know, whatever. But and, you know, give him a little bit of power play time here and there. Maybe part of it is his contract. He makes eight million bucks or whatever it is a year, and so maybe part of that is that they're like, "Well, we gotta, we pay him, we better play him." Um, uh,
1: that's a very, that's a very Winnipeg thing. You gotta get your money's worth. So if you mm. pay a tag and you were full, you're still gonna sh- shove that steak down your throat because you paid for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, I paid for it. Damn it! Yeah, I'm it's
1: gonna eat it. Manitoba thing, I think, but. Um, I you know, we're we're reaching the end of our let's call it first period right now. Uh, yeah. Tommy's got a hockey game here on, on the, coming up here sh- shortly. But um, instead of having a guest this week, we've got something different. We got a we got a few people uh, sending in their uh, sending in their thoughts on on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, so guess-
0: we're opening up the lines for the post game call in show.
1: Which is Let's put
0: it that way, which,
1: which could be a disaster or like the Jets right <laughs> now, or it could be success like the Jets two weeks ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we will, we've got a bunch of clips and then uh, and then we'll, we'll come back with, uh, you know, with our thoughts uh, after the after the Jets play Calgary uh, this evening.
0: Yeah, kind of a bit of a fun two parter. And, yeah, we'll have uh, some different clips. We're going to have a local legend segment in this episode. So definitely stay tuned for that. But, uh, yeah, let's hear from the people. Uh, but before that, do we want to maybe throw to a song?
1: We should. Do you have one on the top of your head?
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is like how our guests feel when we always surprise yeah. them. Hey, uh, should, we, should we play a song? You know, I don't really have one off the top of my head. But <clears throat> what if we went with a classic? Um, song from our talk and hockey playlist, which we've uh, you can hear by. So if you go follow our Instagram at Talking Hockey Podcast on Instagram, you know you click the link tree in the bio, and one of the links is for the talk and hockey playlist, and you can um, you know we've got how I'm just checking how long this is. This is currently 71 songs. Four hours and eleven minutes of music that's either been featured on Talking Hockey, or uh, you know requested by by guests of Talking Hockey, or songs by guests of Talking Hockey. Like uh, last year, we had Eric Melvin on. We got some No Effects on there, Um, but I I want to let's let's go with some hip hop. We haven't played hip hop in a while, and this is Tribe Called Quest with a song called "Keep It Rolling." and there's a line in there about the pittsburgh pay about mario lemieux i believe yes. I is what the that. line is yes yeah so let's go with tribe called quest keep it rolling and we'll be back to hear from the people so stay tuned
4: Hey yo swing 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 so chop 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 yo that's the sound when mcs get mocked don't come around town without the hip in your hop because when the shit hits the fan that ass will get dropped Wanna attack me, but them punks can't go. I have you left without a job. I got exit from the love Some money, watch your mouth. Uh uh, my have to bust Battling MCs from JFK to Russia, back down to London, Sweden in Brazil. Do a US tour for three months and then I chill. Styles be fat like Jackie Gleason, the rest be art corny. People love the dog like the kids love Barney. I love you, you love me. The shorty fight for is your favorite MC, so move back yourself, dread. You know the. The tribe is good for your health like a can of nutriment. MCs don't have no wins, MCs don't have no bits. I flip shit crazy than a bustle full of Jerry's kids. Your crew don't want it, and your crew don't want it. But if you feel you could swing it, the money please bring it. Large professor in the house, you know how we do. I stay on your crew like Mariola Mew.
5: What's up, kids? The Abbott speaker from the moon. Thanks for your support. Ayo, I'll be home soon. But the only thing I ask when I return from my task is a whole bunch of beats and a flask full of ass. My fist stands firm because I'm black and solid. I open up your pores like a plate full of collards. Come on, take it easy, what jump? Easy easy. I'm up in the gully, that's when I am her buddy. She told me pull her hair, I did, you drove a nutty. Filled up the whole land. Spackle or I mean putty. When we over joints like this, we never cruddy. Extra P hook the beat. And kids it feels la- uh Check it out, cause my conception is immaculate. A bachelor, looking for a bachelorette. Back to UMCs. This is what you're gonna get. A first degree burn from my man, can cigarette. I hope you like more boy. Oh, you know we thorough like Denver. The beat feels like a never ender. But all things good must. So I won't sweat it. Drop the seeds for the youthful crew. I hope to get it as I stand with. This mic is out my hand Boy, I smack you up like I was your old grand So respect yourself, son, and come and give me love Once again, the app is who you think of So chill with the beef money, we gotta get it
4: It's extra PAO tip, I'm about to set it on the country once again Here to win, I'm uptown chillin' taking in this grandmaster big blend From the projects, the PJs, fuck them two DJs Self-mission, I had her in the ill position Saying large use soul brother that I like to F with Life, yeah, life, yeah, now check the method as I proceed with what you need like Akineli. A whip looks complete when the tires say Pavelli, funk monkey. One rapper fell off, now he's a junkie. There's eight million stories in the city, it's a pity. Don't fuck with the skins if she's trying to act shitty. Big shout to the guru, Primo and Zulu. Lulu Nation was on a vacation in the ghetto. Your eyes right, slow, your roll, I'm about to bag this here. Schmettle, Rapper eyes on top it. Seems we gonna rock it. Queens represent, by the album when I drop it. drop it.
0: Okay, that was "Keep It Rolling" by a tribe called Quest, with, uh, featuring the line "I stay on your crew like Mario Lemieux." Of course, uh, Mario Lemieux, number sixty-six. Uh, kind of uh, debatable if he's the great one or if Wayne's the great one. Uh, two schools of thought there. But um, you know, before the break here, we we kind of asked for uh, your opinions. Uh, we're going to open up the call lines, but first, we got a local legend segment with. Ty Delello, and he's going to tell us all about Frankie Fredrickson. Here we go.
2: For this week's local legends, we're going to take a look at Frank Fredrickson. In writing my Golden Boys book, I'd say that Frank is definitely the player I learned the most about in my research for it. I had some knowledge of him beforehand, as I knew of the Winnipeg Falcons and their accomplishments, and that Frank was their star player. Uh, What I didn't exactly realize is how he's in the conversation as one of the all-time greats of the sport. Early on in making the Golden Boys list, he was probably slotted around the 15 spot, um, but after doing like due, dig- due, due diligence, he quickly moved up into the top 10, and from there he finished uh, I think ranked 5th um, all-time for Manitoba hockey players. Um, Frank Fredrickson was a terrific, terrific player of the 1920s. His career is most—he's most notable, of course, for being the captain and star player of the 1920 Winnipeg Falcons. Uh, that won the first Olympic gold medal in ice hockey. He played on the Winnipeg Falcons, which was a team made up of all Icelandic Canadian immigrants. Frank wound up to have the best career of all of them. He went on to play uh, for the Victoria Cougars in the Western League and won a Stanley Cup with them. That 1925 Cougars team was the last team outside of the NHL to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, And after that, NHL teams were going hard uh, for his rights Uh, he eventually joined the nhl and played for the detroit falcons at first that was the detroit red wings but they started off as the detroit falcons and he earned six thousand dollars per season which at the time made him the highest paid hockey player in the world Um, so that kind of tells you that he was still a pretty hot commodity even though he was getting up in years Um, so he played for detroit and then later played for the boston bruins He spent a couple seasons in the NHL as one of the top leading scorers, but his career was kind of winding down by the time he did get to the NHL ranks. So he retired after 1930, 31, at which point he started coaching. He eventually took a job coaching the Princeton University hockey team from 1933 to 1935. And at Princeton, one of the people he befriended was Albert Einstein. Uh, Fredrickson regularly walked the campus with Einstein who he said was a charming and unassuming. Uh, they both enjoyed the violin and played together on many occasions. Fredrickson spent some time in Winnipeg, but eventually um, moved out to Vancouver where he was involved in local politics. He was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1958. And then him and his wife moved to Toronto where he lived out his remaining years. Um, Frank passed away on May 28th, 1979 at the age of 83.
0: All right, thanks Ty for another sweet local legend segment. Uh, loving this feature, uh, getting to learn a little bit about the history of Manitoba hockey players, and uh, hey, having some fun along the way too. So uh, yeah, like I said, we opened up the the call in lines for the for our post game call in show. A lot can happen in a weekend in the NHL. The Jets uh, busted a slump, uh, but you know we we. Um, we we're curious what the fans are thinking. So let's, uh, let's go now. A few questions were raised during our calls. Let's go now and listen in to the calls, and we'll come back and maybe address some of these questions. Hey, Tom, this is Mark Reed calling in, your Juby's teammate and uh, playmaker friend. I'm here at Leopoldstown, your local establishment, with my good buddy, Anthony Kowalchuk. And, uh, yeah, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. And I understand the question tonight is, what do we do to fix the Jets? I'm thinking that to shake things up, the team's got to start playing old-time hockey, laying the body out. Maybe ask the question, what would Buff do in this situation? Maybe let Lowry lay guys out a little bit, maybe throw the bows. Who knows? I think a little bit of uh aggression out there would go a long way you know this isn't the khl this is the nhl let's hit some bodies and uh you know get pucks deep and uh you know well, here we go boys there
6: you go have a good one cheers hey it's the hockey talkie podcast this is mike here from the pile of bones in uh, saskatchewan and uh first time caller long time listener heard you guys thoughts and, and talking about the Jets here. I thought I'd give you my opinion as a, a prairie boy who has watched a few games and uh you know, I've been cheering for the Habs and so I, I would much rather be in the Jets position right now where the, the turmoil isn't nearly as great as, as that it is in Montreal. Uh, but we had a run and uh it's uh, not a good start to the year for uh, for them and for the Jets. I feel like it's been a roller coaster, bit of a start to the year. Uh, I think it's taken some time to get some of those uh, wheels warmed up and, and get the gel and the chemistry back with uh, you know just get Shifley and Wheeler playing like themselves because right now they they really haven't been. And Kyle Connor seems to really be carrying the team and uh, you know I think having Stastny back will be nice. Um, so I think they're a legitimate playoff team. And I don't know if they're meant for a, a cup run, but I think it would be a fair expectation to say this team should get to the second round and they should have a good battle to win two playoff rounds. But, uh, you know, I think that's where you got to... Judge Maurice is, is get them to the playoffs, which I believe he will, and then what do you do when you get there? And if you don't deliver uh, a round of win, if not two round of wins, then I think it's fair to say you've had your turn and uh, let's get some, some new coach, some new systems in here because um, it's, it's a good team and they have a great goalie and you know what can happen with a great goalie in the playoffs. Um, love the way that Hellebuck reacted to the and they took and he said, hey, we're going to get better. We're going to go beat Calgary, and we're going to put a better effort, and they did. And uh, I think they'll have some more ups and downs as the uh, time goes here. But uh, they are an average team right now and have the chance to be above average. So I want to hear from you guys if you think there's any deadline moves and who some targets in your mind would be that would get this team over that hump and, and make sure they make the playoffs. Take care out there. Keep your uh, stick on the ice and check your lies.
3: Hey, boys. Maximus Stevieson here from Onion Lake Creek River, Saskatchewan. Just wanted to uh, call and get the opinions of a few hockey questions I had on my mind from some of the, uh, you know, bigger hockey minds of my generation. Uh, now, specifically to Winnipeg, uh, you guys are not a cup contender this year. You know, possibly playoff team for sure, but not a cup contender. So... So what moves need to be made to make that happen? Uh, you got some big pieces, uh, you know, like obviously Halley is safe. He's not going anywhere. But uh, what is the biggest piece that you could see moved to make yourselves a cup contender? Um, that's question one. Question two, I'm a Blackhawks fan, and uh, we just put Adam Gaudette on the waivers. He worked through a yeast um, problem. You know, you ever had one of those? A yeast problem this year. Now he can actually gain weight. So he gained 20 pounds of muscle this year for the first time ever. He had a fantastic preseason. And then we never gave him a single darn chance in the regular season. And now he's picked up by Ottawa. He's going to do great for them. So do you know of any dark horses around the league that you could see uh, being just a nice little fit for Winnipeg? Maybe with, uh, you know, some contracts coming up or a trade or or what. But who that isn't on Winnipeg would you think would be the best? Uh, question number four is it's time to fire Paul Maurice, and that isn't a question. Thanks. I'm going to hang up and uh, go ahead and listen now. You boys have a wonderful day.
0: All right. Thanks for the messages on the old phone talking hockey phone line. Uh, you know, first time we've really kind of opened that up, but I think we might uh, – might try to do that a little more. Pretty fun. There was a few questions here. Let's kind of go through a uh, uh, caller Mark from Leopold's Tavern. He raised the issue or he asked the question, what would Buff do uh, to bust the slump, to turn the Jets team around? Randy, what would Buff do to get this team going? He, You know, uh, throw the body, <laughs> maybe uh, lighten the mood or?
1: Uh, you know, I think probably a few things. Definitely like throw a big hit, loosen loosen the boys up, get the crew going. Uh, you know, probably like a nice clapper from the point. That's yeah. something you know that uh, if you think back to three years ago, when that Jets power play had, you know, Liney on the far dot, uh, Bufflin at the top, and Shifley in the slot, and Wheeler had all three of those options. Uh, you never knew what you were gonna get. Uh, uh when you did get a blast from from Bufflin, you'd you'd have the uh the old celebration where he'd turn back and do something logo related to his Jersey or, or something <laughs> Maybe cool. put
0: the little shimmy yeah. in with the shoulders. The old or,
1: Bufflin shimmy. Uh, yeah. Or even, you know, like it's a classic uh, cl- clip that we've seen over and over again here on TSN and Winnipeg is when Bufflin just completely blew over Mark stone. Uh, yeah. You know, and like, that's again, you know, old time hockey play the body uh, and that, that, ends up, uh, the simple game, this, if do the simple things, right. And those things turn into good, good parts of your game. And, uh, he, he was a good guy to, uh, to kind of get that going.
0: Although oh for sure, the team he was, really,
1: he was reckless at times. So it's, yeah. it's a high risk, high reward situation
0: for sure. And you know, like, that's why he was a fan favorite, I think was, you never knew what you're going to get with him on the ice really. But well, yeah, I mean, you did know, and it. But but sometimes, yeah, like uh, it's a fine line between, you know, trying to create something and then giving up something. But but Buffalo was definitely a fan favorite, and he is missed by the Jets. His presence and whatever. I wondered this during the game where they got blown out in Minnesota on the weekend there. I wondered, was Buff in a private suite crushing a few BLs maybe? Uh, and who would he be cheering for? Because he lives in Minnesota. He goes to wild games. Um, that's a question uh, we don't know the answer to because they never yeah. showed him on TV. But that doesn't mean he wasn't there. So
1: um, I'm sure so I'm sure there was some visiting. Uh, and maybe yeah. that was uh, due, due in part to the Jets' poor, uh, poor play. Maybe right. they got together with... Uh, Big buff well, the night
0: and it, before, and it was American Thanksgiving, right? Uh, there's a lot of guys from Minnesota on that team. You know, yeah. they were all <laughs> hanging out with their families, loading up on turkey, and all beers. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm, well, who knows? But anyway, thanks for the call in there, Mark from Leopold's caller, uh, Maximus Stevenson from Onion Lake Creek River, Saskatchewan. You know, I I looked, I tried to look that place up on the map not even on the map. So uh, that's how, <laughs> that's how so I just, that.
1: you could literally say we're going off the map here.
0: Yeah. We're going off the map with this <laughs> next call here. And uh, a, a number of questions that this caller raised for us uh, wondering, you know, what is the biggest piece that could be moved from the current jets, you know, roster to make the team a true cup contender um, and uh, you know, kind of related uh, who's maybe a dark horse player out there in the league. That could be a nice fit on the Jets. Um, you know, uh, there's, uh, to me, I think looking at the Jets roster and you think of pieces who could be moved, you, you're always looking at, you know, uh, who's on an expiring contract, that kind of thing. And I think right now you've got to look at Andrew Kopp because I don't know what the realistic, um, you know, scenario would be for re-signing him. I, I think the Jets want to. Andrew Cobb probably wouldn't mind it, but he's got that Kirk Overhart uh, as his agent. And that agent is known uh, as a guy who gets players paid, you know, Jacob Truba. Um, I don't even know who else is, is sort of on his client list or whatever, but you know, he's got a reputation for uh, negotiating uh, good deals for his players. And so what are the chances that Cobb's gonna take a discount to stay with the Jets? You know, probably they're gonna have to make room for his salary because he's played his way into a nice payday, kind of like Zach Hyman did going to Edmonton. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Cobb go UFA and sign elsewhere. So maybe you use him as a piece to move, bring back some stuff. It hurts to lose him in the now, but if you're t- looking at this team and it's maybe not a true cup contender, maybe maybe you got to bite the bullet, trade Andrew Kopp, get, you know, I, I, what could you get for Andrew Kopp, I guess, is the question. Um, or what do you think, Randy? Is there another player out on the roster who maybe you look to move? Or
1: That's a tough call because something being done lately is like treating – I forget how they put it, but it's kind of like treating your own players almost like a rental. So it's like, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna take the chance with cop, but at least you have him and he's so valuable, he can play center. He can play wing. He kills penalties. He's playing on the power play. If you move him, like, who do you bring back? Like, like that's, that's the tough thing. And, you know, in I guess maybe in my, in a response to the second part of his question, I think like what the jets are missing Um, and it would just complement what they have now. And it's like, they don't, they don't need to make a, like a big splash and bring in a number one centerman or whatever, but like, I'm going to go to like some low hanging fruit here. The jets need a guy like Brandon Tanev. They need, they, they need the jumper cable guy or the, you know, like if you think about like Tanev and then even Mason Appleton was a good. A good uh, replacement for him in the meantime. Right now, they you know, and they in the past they said like Matty Perot was like the jumper cables guy. He kind of got guys going, but I feel like they're missing somebody like that who plays in the middle six or or the bottom six, the guy who like really sparks the club. And it's like he might not be the greatest player, but he gets he gets things going and excited. Yeah, and if you think about like Tampa Bay, like last two years with. Blake Coleman and Yanni Gord and like guys like that, like they just compliment um, the team so well. And like what I feel like the jets, once they get going, they've got the scoring power. Like they've got, they've got the firepower to score it's, but it's like when those lines aren't playing like, and we've talked about this endlessly in our WhatsApp chats, it's like the, the fourth line, never getting any minutes or yeah. or if they're doing the old 11 and seven and, you know, all that stuff. But all of a sudden, like insert someone like Jansen Harkins, love the guy. He just hasn't really kind of filled, filled the role as well. Best line same thing. Great player. Otto,
0: same thing. Yeah. But like they just the bottom, kind of, six, is, they just the bottom six is maybe not deep enough.
1: Yeah. They just blend into whatever, yeah. like Need that spark almost. plug. So like you just imagine Brandon Tanev coming back like right. what would you do to get Brandon Tanov back like or or someone yeah. someone comparable like you know Appleton would be like a, a decent and it may, like with Seattle like not playing as well this year not not, maybe, not performing yeah, maybe they're good. Gonna... maybe there's something there uh there's more guys out there like that um it's but like i think the jets are missing like a real a real spark plug like a guy who is just like tenacious on the forecheck, check and just and the and the guys love him and when he scores the goal all the boys go crazy you know like they're all tapping their sticks or whatever it's like yeah. no no one gets excited you know and i feel like that that's where some that's where something could happen that would make a difference and i don't think you'd have to you know give up too much like what would it take right. to get tanev like probably like a pick like a higher pick I wouldn't be a first but like something like that and if you're gonna go for it like I'd say go for it otherwise you know sell yeah,
0: yeah yeah I think exactly and and like I mean maybe Tanev is a tough one to reacquire just because his salary now would make it hard to fit in you'd have to move a some salary out But if you find a guy, a depth guy on some other team, like a non-playoff team that's selling parts at the deadline or whatever, you know, uh, on a lower salary, that spark plug type of guy, you you know, that would be a perfect complement to the Jets' bottom six, which I think lacks the depth really needed for a true contending team. Um, And that's evident in Paul Maurice's usage of them for like five minutes a night or whatever it is. Uh, Yeah. With the cut with moving cop out, you're right. Like maybe it's better use him as your own rental kind of thing and let him go UFA at the end of the year, because really what would you get for him in return? Probably futures and futures don't help now if that's what you're going for. Right. So yeah. Thank you for the call there. Maximus Stevenson from onion Lake Creek river, Saskatchewan going off the map. Let's go back on the map here. Our next caller there. Uh, was Mike from Pile of Bones. Uh, lots of Saskatchewan content on the uh, the show here on the call in segment. Lots of Jets fans out there in Saskatchewan. Although Mike says, of course, he is a uh, Canadiens fan and lots of turmoil in Montreal. Just fired uh, Mark Bergevin and the uh, assistant general manager and some other executive guy, and they're bringing in Jeff Gorton. So Mike, of course, saying, "Hey, maybe the turmoil in Jets is not quite as bad as what's going on in Montreal right now," um, and and his question kind of related to uh, the question of the previous caller there. But Mike was what, kind of wondering, uh, you know, what are there any deadline moves that could put this team over the top? Because I think he was saying he sees the Jets as a playoff team, and and they're 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 kind of an average team, but they could become above average, you know, and maybe, maybe all it takes is one or two deadline moves. What do you think? And maybe, maybe we just kind of answered that in that it's the bottom 6 that It's got to get more beefed up. Um, but is there anyone out there on your radar, maybe aside from Tanev or, or, or a position that the jets really need to solidify to, to make the team go from sort of average to, above average.
1: Yeah. And like, this is complicated, not taking cap salary cap into a, right. like, you know, that there's all that involved, Right, but, but he's right. Like the jets are up there. They're a playoff team. They're not necessarily a Stanley cup contender. Uh, and what we've said on the show before, all you got to do is get to the dance. You get mm-hmm. to the dance and all of a sudden, like to think about last year, the jets swept the Oilers. No one was expecting that. Um, obviously they got swept the next round but um, you just get to the dance. You think back to 10 years ago with LA just sneaking in and winning the cup. Um, you get there all of a sudden Connor Hellebuck's hot. Maybe the jets aren't scoring as much, um, but with a hot goalie and, and tight, tight play, you know, you could, you can get yourself pretty far. Um, but I, I'm going to I'm going to go back to the main thing of like, it's your third line that always makes the difference in the playoffs. Again, like back to Yanni Gordon, Blake Coleman, uh, especially with Tampa, you think back to when the Penguins went back to back, it was uh, Kessel, Hagelin, and uh, Bonino? Nick yeah, Bonino?
0: What do they call that line? Beat, A- H-B- B- HBK. HBK. Yeah. yeah.
1: And like that, that line was the difference because like Crosby's line was canceled out by other teams' top line. Malkin's line was you know canceled out by the second uh, line. But then you got all that depth on your third line. That they're I mean, playing I think against-
0: Crosby won the con Smythe, didn't he? So- yeah, but, but <laughs> like
1: he's still irrelevant. relevant. But right. it was, it was like when you have that third line to then play against the third D pairing of the other team, and then either yeah. the, th- the third or fourth line. Uh, that's where you. That's how you win games. For uh, sure. Like I think again, like you know, salary cap uh, not taking into account here. I think a great guy for the Jets to have, and it'd be tough probably tough to get because I probably a lot of guys are, are going to, you know, maybe start going after some Vancouver players, but a guy like JT Miller would be amazing right. for the Winnipeg Jets. Cause he's like that grit guy that he could play up on the top two lines, but he could also play third line and crash and bang and all that stuff. Win face-offs. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I would say him with a compliment of, someone like Brandon Tanev uh, and like all of a sudden that forward group is looking way different and there's a lot mm-hmm. like, a, a, you know, and you, you, know, you think about some realignment as far as where the guys are running and maybe that's where, um, you know, maybe Wheeler and Stasny eventually become kind of a third line and they can kind of play against those lesser matchups or the third pairing D or whatever. But if, if we're, we're making a move uh, I got to stand strong with, you know, Tanev is number one for sure. Um, oh. You know that. You know, again, salary cap not taking into account, um, and or or someone similar. Uh, and like I said, JT Miller would be a unbelievable pickup for the Jets if it could happen.
0: Yeah, you think about teams that'll probably be selling at the deadline or even before that. You know, Vancouver and Montreal or a couple Canadian squads that are for sure going to be moving pieces out. Ottawa. I I don't know if they have pieces to move out because they really sort of built their team young and there's probably not going to be a lot of selling of parts there because those are guys they want for their going forward. But then, yeah, like, you know, you think about Seattle, what are they going to do? Right. Like they probably want to accumulate a lot of draft picks. So I don't know what the, their status is of like players on uh, contracts that are like nearing the, you know, that are, that are movable. Like they probably have a lot of guys Um, on contracts that are like, you know, quote unquote friendly, right. That, that can be traded because that's the, that was, that's the issue with, with trades these days is uh, the salary cap. And you always kind of have to, you know, if you're taking on a big salary, you got to move something out or whatever. But, but I think Seattle kind of built themselves that way in that, you know, that with an eye to the future, they're, they're, they're probably going to be selling parts off, especially since they're towards the bottom of the Western conference standings right now. Arizona, of course, like, I mean, I don't even know what kind of tire fire is going on down there this year, but like, they're obviously just tanking and looking for picks and they want the number one pick and all the rest of that. So they're going to have parts, but like, yeah, who are guys on those teams that, you know, uh, I think that'll, that'll come into, into focus a little bit more as the, um, you know, as time goes on here, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Kevin Chevaldayoff should should go fishing over in that Vancouver Seattle area of the Pacific yeah, Ocean. Go, go. See go. see what he could find. If he can't find anything there, then maybe you start uh, digging around in the desert uh, and maybe see what you can find from Arizona or someone like yeah. that. But I would say uh, maybe maybe you can uh, pull out a, a big big fish out of out of uh,
0: <laughs> real out of, <laughs> real big yeah. fish. Oh, well, we should play a real big fish song, but no, we're not gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna close off the episode here. Uh, well, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for the call-ins. Uh, we're super, um, that was, that was super fun to have the, the post-game call-in segment show, but we, we wanted, we'll, we'll, we'll open up the phone lines again in the near future, but let's, let's kind of, uh, wrap it up here as we do with another tune. Um, this time we're going to go back to the, back to the ice, back to the punk rock. We've got the Hanson brothers, and this is a song called hockey night tonight. Is that what it's called? Yes, it is. Uh, but but <laughs> first,
1: first and foremost, this comes from a pretty obscure compilation called Johnny Hanson presents punk rock volume one. Yeah. We found volume two. Ah, uh, but volume one is super hard to find, and there's this guy's email address. It's like if you want to make an inquiry or purchase, email the guy. You, yeah. you can't. You can't even like buy this on uh, no, Apple Music or whatever.
0: So I think I, it's out of print.
1: I, I figured out my. Uh, I figure out a way to grab a track from the Hanson Brothers, uh, Hockey Night Tonight, uh, also known as No Means No. But uh, do yourself a favor and check out this compilation online. There's uh, basically 21 more hockey songs that we can start adding to the playlist and playing here on the show.
0: Thank you for tuning in here on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg and podcasted everywhere. And uh, you know what you got to do? You got to keep your stick on the ice. And you know, you know what else you got to do? Check your lie. You want? You don't know want? Maybe you got a six. Maybe you got a five and a half. That little half can make a big difference. Uh, you know. So keep your uh, keep your eye on your lie and uh join us next week for another great episode of Talkin' Hockey, the hockey talking show.
5: Don't want no
4: karaoke, don't wanna do the hokey pokey. Right up another smokey, socking out you next Put away the space and ladders, look at their show doesn't matter. You don't exercise your battles, I do not